Welcome to Wild and Exposed. Your number one adventure, nature, and outdoor photography podcast. Wild and Exposed is hosted by Mike Morrow, Ron Hayes, and Jason Loftus, and Mark Raycroft. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to another episode of Wild and Exposed Podcast. We've got a great guest for you tonight, but before we do that, we've got the uh, traveling Michael Morrow back in Alaska for a winter shoot that he can't tell us about, unfortunately, but he's going to have fun freezing his butt off up there. Mike, how you doing? Good. I'm. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to be back up here. I love being up here in the winter. It's it's legit winter up here. It's there's Every road you drive down has snow. It's mountains are covered it's not like you know we used to get that in colorado but now it seems to come and go and you get little moments of winter but now up here it's full on we're gonna have legit winter for about three days and that's gonna be about it did it snow yesterday because when i left denver it was snowing barely here we, we were north of it so unfortunately we got a little skiff jason coming to us from home in utah you know, we got a, a pretty much a dusting, and then down south, further by the lake, you know, we get that lake effect snow. So, um, probably got I don't know four or five inches down south, south of Salt Lake. But yeah, it's it's been it's been tough this year for snow accumulation. We definitely need more our our snow totals. We've talked about it before, but here in Utah, it's a big deal. That's we rely upon that snowpack for you know water in our lawns and drinking water and all that good stuff for the summer. So. Um, it's getting to be a kind of a critical thing, but winter tourism as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've got some friends that do spend a lot of time up on the slopes and they, they've commented multiple times how the snow just, I mean, it's, it's not bad, but it's not the typical greatest snow on earth. Super awesome powder, you know? So I talked to a buddy here in Anchorage and he's up here every winter for the last 30 years. And he said this, this particular winter is actually kind of like a winter of old, which is kind of cool. You know, when I was up here in September and October, we got that snow in September, right? That kind of shut down the moose rut. Mm -hmm. And it's, there's been snow on the ground ever since. Wow. So it's kind of good, I think, for, for to just experience that, you know, and just to have it. And, you know, they're just as reliant on water up here as everywhere else. You know, it's, it's an important thing. Well, we've got a treat for you tonight. We've got a return guest, but it's been a while since he's been on. Um, this guy was the International Youth Photographer of the Year in, I believe, 2018. And a very prolific photographer from Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Welcome back to the show, Isaac Spots. How you doing, Isaac? Hey, fellas. I oh, appreciate you guys having me on. I'm stoked to be here. I'm pretty good. So he's got a, he's got a new claim to fame now, too, that uh, he is a celebrity lookalike with from the Yellowstone TV show, Casey. Now, I'm going to go ahead. You dropped this on us before the show, but I'm going to make you tell everybody because it's pretty funny. When your car broke down, how did you get a ride back to town? So, yeah, I had to I had to hitchhike recently. We won't go into that story. It was a long, very embarrassing story. Um, but anyways, yeah, I had to hitchhike, and this lady picks me up, <clears throat> and we're driving, and she just out of the blue just looks at me and goes, Oh, you know, I'm so excited for season four to come out just out of nowhere. And I was like, huh? Like, what are you talking about, lady? She was like, yeah, Yellowstone, you know? And I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen a couple episodes. It's a pretty good show. She was like, 
she was like, oh, I thought you were Casey from from the show. So, yeah, basically, she she I think she just picked me up because she thought I was Casey. So Hey, if you got it, <laughs> flaunt it. Use it. Work it. Yeah, that's right. Make her pay for photos and autographs. And all. <laughs> but now that you guys said that, because I wasn't part of that initial conversation, it's totally true. I watched several episodes what uh, early the, or late fall, and you do. You do look like him. Yeah, and I never watched it before. I like just out of the blue, like a year ago, everybody started saying it. And I was like, man, I never even heard of it. I didn't realize how popular of a show it was, but I mean, it's crazy. People come in here and ask to take pictures with me and <laughs> like, sure, I'm not in, but go for it. You know, <laughs> better buy a new black hat and dust it up a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I have a black cowboy hat and I stopped wearing it because every one I wear, everybody comes up to me and I was like, I don't want all that attention. It start, kind of got embarrassing, so I stopped wearing it. <laughs> if I was you, you should use it for your TikTok. You could probably kill it on TikTok. Oh, if you go on my TikTok, that's the comment section. It's probably 70%. Are you Casey? It's pretty, <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, not too long ago, Mike, he actually put up a side-by-side of himself wearing his hat and Casey from the show. And, I mean, it's it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I, since I look at myself every day, it's like I don't see it too much. I can see a resemblance, but everyone seems to think it's pretty uh, pretty doppelganger-esque. So. You need to get some of that black tooth cover and, and uh, or get some of those hillbilly teeth and then... Yeah, everybody yeah. keeps saying that or put dirt on my face or yeah. keep putting, <laughs> don't wash your hair and you'll look just like him. So like, <laughs> a dirty dude or something? Shit. <laughs> oh that's funny well and you're in the right spot too i mean if you were in florida or somewhere like that it probably wouldn't be as common but if you're in that area people are gonna think oh yeah well what people got people don't remember i guess is like that's probably not what he dresses like off camera you know everybody thinks he's this cowboy in real life shit he'd probably be in like adidas or you know wear nikes or something well i'm you know this is what i look like (laughs) which is kind of funny but so since we just mentioned it, tell us where you're at and, and uh, the reason we reference that. What, where are you located right now? Yeah, so I'm living in Jackson, Wyoming right now. I've been here for uh, five years. I moved to Wyoming from Florida six years ago. Uh, spent my first year in Star Valley Ranch, which is about an hour and a half south of here. Um, so yeah, I'm currently in Jackson, Jackson, Wyoming right now. I was, I was totally just picking a state out of the blue when I said Florida earlier. I had no idea. you. Oh, really? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I grew up in Orlando. So you grew up down there. Okay. Yeah. Yes, sir. Cool. Yep. Just outside of Orlando, which is the worst part of Florida you could grow up in. But, you know, we made it work. Hey, treated you all right. Yeah. You know, you got the Disney crowd, you know, that no beaches anywhere. It's like if you're going to be in Florida, you might as well be around a beach. You know, I have a blast every time I go down there because you can get to some pretty cool areas pretty quickly. I got to get back, especially now that I have this new camera. Um, I'm sure y'all know of Mark Smith photography on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He does all the Osprey stuff. I'm yep. a huge fan of his. He's a friend of mine. He's awesome. But, um, I'd love to get down there and shoot with him and, and, and do some, you know, some of the Osprey fishing and, um, go down to the Everglades. And it makes me realize being here now, how much opportunities, you know, I missed out on and I could have down there, which is, I got to get down to do some more shooting. Yeah. But he's come up to, to shoot with you guys a couple times, right? So he- he's thinking the same thing, all the opportunities that he misses out on. It's just that difference in shooting in your backyard or. 
you wish you could be everywhere at once. That's my problem. But even out here, you're like, oh, I wish I could be in Yellowstone, but also in Teton, but also, you know, in Idaho. It's like, God, where do I go? Based off of what you just said, you were not shooting when you were in Florida. Did you just pick up shooting when you got to Wyoming? I did shoot in Florida. It wasn't like seriously. Um, I, I've been shooting since I was probably eight or so. Um, my my grandma got me my first uh, point and shoot camera when I was 10. So then that was kind of when I started getting passionate about it even more so. Um, but we live pretty close to a zoo where I grew up. <clears throat> And uh, my parents have always been so supportive of me and, and my passion for this. And I've always been so passionate about animals. Um, so they would drive me to the zoo a couple times, a couple times a month, just to photograph the animals there. Um, Cause you know, we, there's gators and birds, but you know, I've, I've always dreamt of photographing, especially the Northern uh, American, North American wildlife. So I used to photograph this cougar at the zoo down there. I'd spend hours photographing that cougar. I mean, literally people would be coming by and I was like 12 or 13 and I'd be sitting in the laying down on the boardwalk waiting for this dang mountain lion to come out of its little, you know, shaded cave for like three hours. People would be walking by. You're still here, kid. What are you doing, man? Look, I got to wait for it to come out and yawn because I'm going to get that shot. So I was always <laughs> kind of a nerd about it. But then moving out here, um, you know, with, with all the opportunities out here, I just just really kind of got more serious about it um started working here i work at wyoming camera outfitters in jackson the camera store um which which really helped me as well kind of get a hang of the more technical side of things um and yeah i've been just loving life ever since sitting there and having the patients in a zoo that that's it right there that's qualification number one <laughs> right there tough i remember once too i i really frustrated my little sister too because we were going to disney for her birthday and we were at Animal Kingdom and uh, the tiger was in its enclosure. And I was like, I got to stay here and wait for the tiger to come out. So I'm sitting there for like an hour. And she's like, I want to ride the rides. What are you doing? It's my birthday. Come on. And I was like, one more minute, you know. It's always, always one more minute. Yeah, always. <laughs> yeah. And that hasn't changed. It's probably a good thing it actually gets dark. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure, dude. I'd be so malnourished. I'd be, Yeah. <laughs> So Isaac, you've made some changes um, in your kit, but I thought a year ago when you were, they sent that R5 out for you to shoot with that 600 version three, I thought you were going to make the transition at that point. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely tempted, man. Definitely tempted. It's just, I had, um, I had my 500 F4 Nikon at the time, uh, which I had spent a lot of time saving for and. You know, I didn't really want, I could have sold it, but I just didn't really want to go through that. You know, Nikon was saying this Z9, this Z9 has been in the works for a couple of years. You know, they've been teasing us with it. And so I was thinking, oh, it's only going to be, you know, another couple months. I was thinking before Nikon came out with something. So I was just figuring on, you know, waiting. Um, but after using that Canon R5, it really made me realize I needed to kind of get serious about about getting what's new because i'd always been so happy with and i'm still happy with my d850 but um just trying the new mirrorless that you know the animal eye tracking and just all those new features just really made me made my d850 frankly feel like a dinosaur and i went back to it and i remember the first day i was back with the d850 after using the r5 and there was this coyote coyote right next to the road like literally like 20 yards away and i'm shooting it with my d850 
And I look back when it when it ran off, and none of them were sharp on the eye. And I was like, that R5 would have nailed all those shots, man. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? Um, so it made me more uh, anxious for sure. But, um, yeah, pretty stoked about this new camera. And just for everybody listening, you are shooting the Z9 now. I haven't brought it, so you good folks could take a look. <laughs> and how long have you had it? I've had it for uh, like two and a half weeks, three weeks. Mm-hmm. So not not a whole lot. And, and I'll, like I was saying earlier, the uh, <laughs> as soon as you get new gear, I'm sure it's the same with everybody out here, but you start seeing nothing. Everybody starts, you know, going away and, and you kind of go on a little hiatus for for a little while every everything starts hiding from you as soon as you get new cool gear so i've 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 found a couple things to shoot with it so far but i haven't haven't really put it through its paces yet but so far i'm it's it's a stunning camera for sure and compared to how about compared to the r5 you know it's basically the nikon r5 basically i mean you know it's and and i shot with that r5 for that week and a half which was awesome so i got to kind of put that through its paces i haven't shot like the sony a1 in the field um, I've shot it around here in the camera store, but you know, not any real world situations. Um, so I don't really know how to compare it to that one, but as far as comparing it to the Canon R5, really it's, it's right up there with it. It just gives something for us Nikon users to, to get into the mirrorless world and really kind of take it more seriously. Cause we haven't really had anything like that up to this point. I mean, right. Yeah. And I don't want to, you know, take a deuce on all the other Nikon mirrorless cameras, but, but I mean, they're for, for bird photography, for anything fast moving, fast moving wildlife, it just, um, after using that R5, it just didn't even compare. Um, mm-hmm. So just the fact that they, you know, came out with something that is definitely on par with it, I'm super, super stoked on. So how hard are they to get right now? Is that something, since you work in a camera store, that's the only reason I'm asking that question. It's impossible to get supposedly. I mean, I know a few people who have it now. Um, they, they sent a, the first wave went out to the NPS members, the Nikon professional service members, um, which I'm not, (laughs) I I should, I should apply, but I I haven't yet. So, um, and it's funny because, uh, here at this shop, we're, we're actually not Nikon dealers. So, you know, we, we couldn't really do anything here, uh, to, to get it in my hands fast. But, um, the, the shop in Salt Lake city, Utah picture line, um, as soon as, as soon as the camera came out, I just called all the local smaller shops around. I put my name in like a do- at least a dozen camera stores uh, list for the Z9 because I know how it goes in here. When we had the R5, it was the same deal. Sometimes we'd get one that kind of trickled in and I was like, I'm going to get my name on all the lists just in case some kind of fluke happens. Um, and the fellas, uh, Colin has been helping me out at Picture Line. He saw my name on the list and was like, yo, dude, we'd, we'd love to, to help you out with this and, and get you one ASAP. And I was like, hell yeah, brother, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. They were super helpful, man, and they got me. They got me this way faster than than I thought I'd ever be able to have it. So I'm super blessed to have it. Jason, are you okay? I mean, I know we're doing all this Nikon talk now, and I know you might be reminiscing a little bit. Yeah, I'm just over here in dream world about missing my 850, and yeah. <laughs> no, it isn't. It's a great system. I love it. I don't regret switching. But I've said it before when we talked about the R5 and the Z9 when it came out. If Nikon would have come out with that Z9 a year ago, I probably would still be shooting Nikon. But just the way it goes. So, And I, I don't regret my decision, but that D850 was was a sweet, sweet camera. It's still hard to compete with that sensor. It's still hard. And that D850 was a, I mean, like I said, I even though the autofocus wasn't wasn't there, that, you know, I can't complain with, with what I got with it. But 
um, this thing has definitely opened up a whole new world of, of opportunities for sure. So it's a significant improvement in the autofocus feature. hundred percent. I mean, even like when I had the R5, I tried desperately to find some gray gray owls. Cause that's like a really, really good test to put them through is photographing the birds in flight like that. But I, I didn't have any luck, but, um, with this Z9, I mean, I, I found a, a couple great grays two weeks ago. Um, I have more than a couple. I found like seven of them. It was wild. But um, I, the first time I got to see the autofocus in action, like blew my mind. It, it was there was this owl perched up on the uh, up on the uh, the tree line above the meadow, and I knew it was hunting, so I knew it was about to swoop down and grab something. So I had the little 3D tracking right on its face, just preparing for it to fly and as soon as it did man it came right right down towards me flew down and swooped and grabbed something and just watching it through the viewfinder track it all the way in and it didn't miss a shot i it, it blew my mind and i'm sure the r5 does can do the same thing i just never got an opportunity to try any birds in flight with it but just seeing that was like wow like i've been missing out yeah that it is a game changer and you know, it's kind of, we, we had a recent conversation and Jason even commented, it's like the, the cheat code for every video game you've ever played in your lifetime. Having that 3d tracking is crazy. Totally. Actually, when I, when I saw that, I was like, this isn't even fair. I was like, you know, the, the, with right. this technology and he's going to, anybody can pick it up and get these fantastic shots. Now I'm like, yeah. the next step is, you know, they're going to make these cameras able to, you set an alarm and they wake up in the morning and go out and make their own coffee and they go out and take the picture <laughs> and then come back to you. It's so easy these days. So I, I can see a new TikTok video in your future and you could call it the cheat code. <laughs> right. I like it, man. Yeah. You got it. Just go do it. And just, uh, just tag us in your post. Even though we're not on TikTok, go ahead and tag us. <laughs> so let's talk about that a little bit because that's that's new since I've talked to you last also and it's grown really quickly. It's it's kind of a new format and we're all old guys so we haven't done it yet. Speak for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Some of us are older, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but what was what was that transition like and and uh getting used to just videoing yourself doing everything you did a little bit of that you, you know for your instagram but yeah i mean i i started taking tiktok more seriously in um september of 2021 and when i first downloaded it, it was like a you know just this is what the kids are doing i'll jump on board i don't really know anything about it and uh the first video i posted on this new photography account i made uh I posted it. I didn't have any followers. I woke up in the morning and I opened TikTok and there was like 50,000 notifications. I was like, whoa. I was like, what in tarnation? And so I look at the video I posted and, and it had like 300 or 400,000 views, you know, in the first, in the first night. And I was like, that's amazing. And it was such a, like, it wasn't even a crazy video at all. It was just me, cheesy video, me like, oh, I'm a wildlife photographer. Here's my photos. Boom. You know, one of those videos. And, uh, and yeah, it just kind of blew up. It ended up with two and a half million views, um, after a little while. And then I was like, okay, I, I'm going to start taking this more seriously. So, um, I just started making like little daily clips, you know, just easy things that I do anyways for Instagram, you know, just showing my camera and the animal and, um, just kind of doing these little, these little videos. And from doing that, I mean, yes, in since September, which is what, like six months ago, seven months ago, um, yeah, I'm at like 900 something thousand followers on TikTok. 
Um, and just from I from posting to TikTok, I, I would always. Did you say nine hundred thousand? Yes, sir. Yep. Um, nine hundred and seven point four thousand, be exact. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I started posting on TikTok, in every caption on TikTok, I would post. I would say, "Follow my Instagram at you know at Isaac's Picks." Um, and from doing that, I've I've grown a uh, hundred something thousand followers on Instagram just from posting to TikTok. So it's been it's been crazy, man. I mean, I just I didn't that was not something I ever thought would happen. Um, but I'm cool with it, you know. I'm not complaining. So- does it do anything for you? I mean, monetarily or recognition wise or. Yeah, totally, man. I mean, I've had some, some pages reach out about sponsorships, but um, just from like pitching my own stuff, like um, this was the first year I sold wildlife calendars and I kind of took a risk. It was, it was something I didn't know how I was going to do. I've, you know, I've never done anything like that before. I didn't know how many calendars to buy. Um, and I, I started doing, uh, advertising for for my calendar sales and my print sales just before Christmas time on my TikTok, and uh, just sold way more than I had anticipated. Um, so that was how I actually bought this bad boy. Bought a Z9 with it. That'll work. Yep, I bought my Z9, the 100 to 400, and I would have never, ever, ever been able to do that um, if I wouldn't have, if I wouldn't have done that. Um, so that was that was exciting. So just kind of being able to pitch, you know, my print sales anything I'm, I'm kind of selling, uh, it really, really helps as well, for sure. That's great. So for our listeners and just for people like us, old, what do they call it? OG? OG, original gangsters. <laughs> Who don't do TikTok. How do you get people to, to make that move or make that jump to go buy the calendar? Do you have a website that you link to or do they do it right on TikTok or What's the flow? Makes it great, man. They make it so easy. As soon as you uh, download TikTok, they make it the option where you can link your Instagram. So when they go on your TikTok account, you can press the little Instagram icon and it automatically jumps you over to, to your Instagram. So that's pretty cool. <clears throat> um, they have an option in the uh, the caption where you can put a link to your website or your YouTube or whatever you're kind of advertising. So, you know, I've got my Instagram linked so they can just press that button, follow me there. Um, and then I have my, my website in the, uh, in the little bio there. And is that how you ended up selling your, your, uh, calendars was off the website? Yes, sir. Yep. So I, I put in the caption of, of one of my videos that happened to do really well, which I was stoked about. I put, uh, Hey guys, uh, 2021 or 2022 calendars now available link in bio. And, uh, people were pressing the link. Apparently it was, uh, it was crazy. Good for you. Yes, sir. And shout out. I got, got to give a shout out to my mom. Without her, I wouldn't have been able to do any of this. Her and my sister both, they uh, helped me big time with shipping the calendars. I would have uh, had to crawl into a fetal position if I had to do all that on my own. <laughs> so go into that process with the calendars. Did you pre-print them or did you print on demand or how did how did you do that? I pre-printed them. I printed, uh, uh, how many do I, four or 500 off the bat. Um, and I was going to be stoked if I sold a hundred, but I got a deal if I would, if I bought, you know, a couple hundred more. So I ended up buying uh 500 and had to, had to restock afterwards. So, um, sold about 700 total, which completely blew my expectations of, of what I, you know, what I'd sell. And I think I'll bet you probably four, four fifty or 500 of those came from TikTok. So how do you up your game now in TikTok? How do you, I mean, you've obviously taken the low hanging fruit, right? You made the videos. I do a, I do a collaboration with the real Casey Dutton, man. You know, me and him going out, <laughs> out live. Yeah. That, you know? 
That puts you well over a million quick. <laughs> like, what is that next thing? What is that next, uh, you know, it could stay on TikTok. You don't have to go to another platform, but how do you up the game or what do you do to, to get noticed? Well, once I start, I do. And I, I think I probably told you this, Ron, a couple of years ago. I've been, I've been really wanting to start posting on YouTube more. Mm -hmm. And what I could do is, is I could do the same advertising I have been for my Instagram, but, you know, pushing people towards my YouTube channel. Um, I've seen a couple people do that. This dude I followed years or no, probably about a year ago. Um, he tells like spooky stories on TikTok, and everybody was watching his videos. He tells like mystery ghost stories. They're very entertaining. Um, but yeah, he blew up and had like 15 million followers on TikTok and, and pushed everybody to his YouTube channel. Cause that's where you can make money. Um, and because of that, now he's got like 7 million subscribers on YouTube. He's making, you know, making his living off of, of off of YouTube because of that. So, um, it would be a goal of mine for sure to, to be able to start posting more consistently to YouTube, um, and be, and, and kind of, you know, push people in that direction, hopefully. And then what interests you there? Do you want to do like a how-to or do you want to just show off some of your images that you shot? Do you want to do it all? What's the format for YouTube? And that's kind of what I have to figure out, man. I have to figure out what, because a lot of TikTok is younger people who, who don't have uh, a very high attention span. You know, with TikTok, you, you do 30 second videos and, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to watch a 30 second video, but I'd have to make it to where you know, something that I feel like people would be entertained watching for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. So that I'd, I'd really have to figure that out still, whether that's, uh, you know, just wildlife vlogs, um, driving around. I don't know. I'd have to figure it out. Maybe, maybe some backcountry uh, wildlife adventures. I'd have to get a smaller lens before I did that. Um, but, uh, yeah, maybe something like that. We'll see. I'd, I'd have to figure that out still for sure. Well, you definitely have the, personality and and you're outgoing enough so i think you could hold their attention you just got to find that that mojo yeah for sure so we'll see um that'd be pretty cool for sure to be able to to just go off and, and make a living off of making youtube videos would be pretty pretty dang cool hey so isaac i think you might be missing the boat on some tiktok opportunities too just just so you know i mean i know for a fact there's other there's i'm not i'm not even being a smart aleck here <laughs> there are other creators that i've seen that have mentioned they're gone to be full-time creators on tiktok um and they've got a roughly the same amount of following you do so they're being monetized somehow it's something you ought to probably look into at least you know what i mean but yeah yeah for sure no sorry i totally thought you were about to say, say something joking that's why i was smiling but yeah yeah um for sure man i don't really know how that works yet i know you have to be pretty like and i know for me nine hundred thousand is like crazy i would have never thought that was possible but i think you have to be at least you know a few million before you start making anything from tiktok is what from what i understand i gotta look into it more for sure because i know there are people um who from posting advertisements and that sort of thing uh just on tiktok alone are making making a heck of a lot of money so so i'll have to look into that more for sure because that'd be pretty cool i got i got an idea for you and I know that none of us three are going to do it. Okay, here it is. This is the million dollar idea. <laughs> you need to go hook up with Ron and Douglas. Get him to take you out to a, uh, a sharp tail grouse lek. Because tic TikTok's all about dancing, right? Yeah. That so you film a sharp tail doing its thing. And then you follow it up with the last 15 seconds of you 
imitating that dance. And then you carry it over to the turkeys, and then you carry it over to the white-tailed deer, and then over to the bears. Every little mating ritual, dance-type, look-at-me kind of thing. That's not a bad idea. I don't know if I'd want to attract that crowd on TikTok, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think you already have. Casey yeah. Hutton thing. Yeah, you might, you, might, <laughs> you might be right. No, it's not a bad idea, man. Do their little... You know, the little mating rituals and shit. Do the, the grouse thumping. I don't know how I do yeah. that. We'll see how fast your feet are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get some kind of like native drum I could start pounding, you know. Right. Well, just think about all the people out there. That Out of those 900,000 people, I, I, Ron, you would have a better idea. What, less than 1,000 have probably seen a sharp-tailed grouse dance? I live in a state that has less than 500,000 people. I have no idea out of 900,000 anything. <laughs> man, I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, more than a Wyoming population, which is which is wild. True. Wild for sure. Yeah, no, I, I like I said, I never, never. Am, and these videos are so simple, too. That's the crazy part. Like the other day I posted this video that took me probably two minutes to edit. It, it was just a little, I was like, oh, I better get content on here kind of thing, you know. Um and it ended up being my most popular video. I posted it like a week and a half ago and it's at, I think almost 14 million views or 13 something um, from just like a two minute edit, you know, it's, which is the, which is the crazy part. It's not like I'm spending two hours to edit something. Wow. My daughter came down. She says, if, do you know this guy? I said, yeah, that's Isaac. She says, seriously, you know him? I said, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You're famous in the Hayes household. And not just because it's <laughs> Oh, that's. <laughs> oh, and yeah, that, that that reminds me. Um, I was checking my notifications on TikTok, and you guys know Steve Mathis. Y'all had him on the show a little oh, while yeah. ago. Yep, yep. He, um, I was looking at my TikTok, and some kid commented, "Hey, do you know Steve Mathis? He lives in your area." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm good buddies with him." He was like, "Oh, that's my dad." And I was like, "Oh, I was, <laughs> well, I've met you before, dude." I was like, "What's up, Sid?" <laughs> it was funny, and then I texted Steve. I was like, "Yo, your kid's commenting on my TikTok. That's pretty cool." <laughs> So I got a question that kind of relates back to the beginning of the show with you. Have you been able to find a mountain lion in the wild yet? Yes. Well, there was that mountain lion up the Maverick a couple of years ago. Y'all have probably seen photos of. So for those listening, there was out here in Jackson two years ago, uh, there was either probably a roadkill deer up the mountainside is what I would imagine that a mountain lion was feeding on for a couple of days, like 40 yards from the road. It was crazy. And the first day it was out there, it was on a Wednesday. I remember specifically, I'll never forget. Because on Wednesday, I was out on Jackson Lake with my buddy David building an igloo completely out of cell service. So when we get back into cell service, everyone's like, yo, dude, there's a mountain lion like 40 yards from the road. Where are you, dude? I was like, I'm building an igloo, bro. I got to get down there. <laughs> so I go back to Thursday uh, and, and wait from sunrise to sunset. And it was still up there, but it would, it wouldn't come down from under this tree, a couple hundred yards up the hill. So, you know, that first day it was running down the hill, chasing the magpies around. People just got the most insane shots. Yeah. Savannah got, I did get to see that one, which was cool. Yeah. Um, it was still cool, but I, as far as like when I'm hiking, I've only seen one. Um, and it's a pretty crazy story. I was hiking around. It was probably four years ago um in the middle of nowhere and it's something i can't explain because while i was hiking i started just randomly picturing mountain lions in my head 
So I was hiking and I started seeing mountain lines in my head. And I remember stopping in the middle of the woods and thinking, I'm about to see a mountain line. It was wild. I can't explain it. So like five minutes goes by and I'm walking around in the woods and I hear this sound that I've never heard before. I'm like, is this an alien out here or some shit? So (laughs) I'm hiking around and this sound that I'm hearing is whatever it is, is moving really, really fast. Cause it's going one second. It's here one second. It's 50 yards this way. And it's going all around. And I was like, what is this? So I tried following it. And eventually I'm, I'm just walking in this mountain lion sprints, probably 15 feet in front of me with a sandhill crane in its mouth. And the sound I was hearing was the crane going, because it was still alive and it was dragging this crane around and it just hopped right in front of me. I, I saw it for a split second. My camera's in my bag. You know, no photos for proof. I do have a photo of the headless crane after it dropped it. Uh, nobody wants to see that, though. But, yeah, so that was wild. But, I, yeah, it was it was crazy just, like, having that kind of sixth sense feeling that I was about to about to run into one. It was just something, you know, just can't really explain it. But I, I totally was 100% confident I was about to run into a mountain lion. It was pretty weird. That's pretty cool. Well, maybe – we all need to hang out with you when you have these premonitions. Yeah, you gotta you gotta contact us when you get these when you get the visions. Yeah, the visions. But no, I'm still after uh, still after the photo though. It's been you know a dream and goal of mine for for years to photograph one in the wild. So hopefully, hopefully soon. It's just time in the woods, I suppose. So leading from that, what is the your most favorite thing to photograph? Oh man. There's so many things. I mean, great gray owls will always be up there for me, for sure. Um, I love photographing the great grays. Wolves, 100%. I I had a close encounter with a wolf about, uh, I think, already two months ago now, um, which was wild. Yeah, that that was insane. Yeah, that was wild, man. I mean, it was it was walking down this dirt road and I laid down and the thing just walks right up. And uh, it was uh, the closest it came was probably 30 feet and it kind of looked at me for a second and I got a, I got a portrait of him and then he just walked around and then walked him into the woods. But that was a pretty cool experience seeing him, uh, you know, through my viewfinder walking right towards me. Um, so that was cool, but yeah, probably wolves and owls, um, are my favorites right now, but I enjoy shooting, shooting whatever I'm shooting at the moment. That's what, uh, old, my buddy Jeff Hogan out here says, he says his favorite subject to shoot is the subject he's photographing at the moment. And I, I can completely relate to that. What's uh? Where do you see yourself going? Say like the next five years. Is this something you're gonna stick with and make a living out of it, or are you just what? What do you think? What's your premonition for that? What's your vision? Try my darndest, man, for sure. Uh, you know, just keep posting to TikTok. Uh, it's it's cool because these videos I post, it's it's kind of like a never ending series. I call them "Let's Look for Wildlife." So it's something I can really continue as long as the videos keep doing well. Um, and man, I'm just. I'm just enjoying life so much, just working here. I love working at the shop. I love just going out on my days off. So I'm just going to kind of continue doing what I'm doing. I'm not the type of person who, who like sees myself at a certain point in five years. Like, you know, I'm not promised tomorrow, you know? So I just kind of, kind of take it day by day. Well, that's pretty cool, but it is something that you'd like to be doing. For sure. Absolutely. hundred percent. Oh yeah. I mean, this is my passion. This is what I love doing. Um, it was never something I ever imagined I could even think about making a live, living off of, honestly. Um, but then it kind of just fell in my lap, you know, being able to, to make some money off. It's nothing, you know, I can make a living off of, but it's enough to buy a, 
a brand new camera. Which I'm pretty stoked about. <laughs> and th- th- that's something actually that we talked about last time. You're in that perfect environment. You you're in a location where in the summertime when the days are longer, you can go out and shoot before work. You can go out and shoot after work. You can shoot on your days off. You just you have all the opportunities available to you. And life isn't really tying you down right now, so you you kind of got the world by the nards. Yeah, sure. I mean, that, and yeah, I just, yeah, right. Yeah, right. No, I just, you know, it like you said, it's like prime, it's like paradise out here. I mean, it's a, literally a wildlife photographer's dream to be out here. You know, there's just endless, endless things to photograph. The summertime, you know, it gets a little tricky when it's, when it's so right. hot. Right. right. So I like to spend right. that time to go fishing and, you know, just, just, uh, do some other things, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a blessing being out here for sure. It's, there's some hardships to living in this area, hundred percent that people don't see behind the scenes. Um, but as far as it, the location, it's, it's paradise. From a wildlife standpoint, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be around all the tourism and all that kind of stuff every year, every day. It'd be, It'd be nice for a while because you know there's those times a year where you're gonna you're gonna have traffic coming through, especially working at the store. But yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be around it all the time. Well, that's the thing. Like coming from Orlando, man, it's summertime every day down there. That's true. Coming every day in Florida, so you know a little summer of, of some 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 uh, some human interaction is is okay by me. Just a quick word from our sponsors. The first sponsor that I'm going to include is Cold Case Gear. Uh, it's a Colorado company, and they make basically insulated cell phone cases. However, these cases are uh, advantageous to our audience because they can also be used for camera batteries during the cold weather and extend the life of your smaller batteries. They'll fit the larger batteries for the, the pro model cameras, but you can fit multiple smaller batteries in these cold cases and then put them inside there. They are insulated and you can check them out at coldcasegear.com. And uh, it, it is a great product to extend the life of your camera batteries during the winter months. So another sponsor, which we talk about all the time, and we've got a new deal with these guys. We have uh, precision camera. Used camera business is really good right now. And I said, well, maybe there's some sort of promotion we can do with that. And he's like, yeah, as a matter of fact, we're always looking for good used camera equipment. And they do a lot of little events around their Texas area. But I said, you know, Wildland Exposed has a nationwide audience. And maybe there's people out there that want to sell some gear. It's super easy to do on their website. You can just go to, uh, I think it's, I looked at it this morning. A used gear, you click on that, and then from there you can get an estimate. So you can list what you have for sale. So whatever camera body, whatever lenses, whatever, whatever. And you have to tell them what kind of condition it is in. And once you do that, it'll tell you what you can expect to get when you submit it to the website. Then what you do is you send your equipment down there, and they verify that the way you rated it, the the quality, the the shape it was in was equal to what you said it was on the website. Once all that's done, then they just send you a check in the mail, which is pretty cool. And this promotion for this particular quarter is going to be any wild and exposed listener that sends their stuff in and wants to get some cash is going to get 10% more than what they would normally pay. So that's kind of cool. I mean, you, you turn in a camera, let's, 
you know, we all use these pretty high-end bodies, right? So let's say you turned into 1DX and let's, these are just round. I have no idea what they pay for it, but let's say they pay a thousand bucks. That's a hundred dollars. That's not mm-hmm. too bad. Not too shabby. So the way yeah. you get that is you go into the website and if you look, when you're rating all your equipment, there was one other little section near the bottom that says, tell me more. And when you go to that section, you just type in wild and exposed. So that's the way you're going to capitalize on this sort of, or this particular promotion. Yeah. And it's not tell me more. It says more information. So if you want, if you just type in there wild and exposed, you're going to get an extra 10%, which is pretty awesome. And if you're in the market for new gear, it's a good opportunity to trade it and not have to go through the hassle of selling individual components as well and and get a little bit more for it. Most of the time, you're going to get a little bit more if you sell it on your own. But I never do. I um, always trade my gear in and then just go for and do it exactly what you said. I just apply it towards the next whatever new thing it's out there. Lastly... We have, so in this particular podcast that you are listening to, we, we talked about the opportunity to jump on some of the workshops that we are either promoting for somebody else or some of our own. And we have two bear trips planned for this coming year. There's one spring trip and then there's one fall trip and it's all Alaska coastal brown bears. That's going to be going to different places just because of the time of year, but we have one spot that opened up in our first trip because that filled up really fast but we had a a couple that has a family emergency come up and only one of them is going to be able to go so we had a second spot or one spot open up on that trip and then the fall trip we haven't advertised that much but there's actually four spots available there so if you're interested hit up the show notes for this particular podcast and I'll have a link to the workshops. And once you go to that link, you can click on either one, read about it. And then if you're interested, there's a place to call Dave at AK Adventures and get yourself signed up. He'll tell you all the particulars and what you got to do. And then you can read about what we're going to do and some of the things you might see. And then also see and photograph. And then also you'll know what to bring and that sort of thing. Yeah, and we'll, we'll all be staying on a boat. We'll have an opportunity to talk about your gear, help set your gear up, um, talk about adventures in the field, you know, each day after, after the return, Mike is going to be on the boat. And if you are looking to do some video, there's nobody better to, to pick his brain and, uh, and learn a little bit more, kind of deepen your wealth of knowledge while you're on that trip. The first trip is, uh, more spring bears, so you're looking at sows and cubs a little bit more than you would be on the second trip. And the second trip would be fishing bears. So it's a great opportunity to get some quality images, spend some good time in the field, uh, but also, you know, just experience Alaska in a way that most people don't have the opportunity to get away from society for a few days. And that never, that never disappoints. Yeah, and this boat is pretty awesome. It's got everything you could want, plenty of space to set up your stuff, and the food is really good. The The people that run the boat, the captain and his, his crew are super awesome people. 
and it's just amazing to be able to be out there and the cool thing too is if you go to a place and it's not very good no problem you just pull up the anchor and head on to the next spot so it's it's kind of cool to have that flexibility and dave who runs those tours all year long he is totally dialed in with that whole area so if for some reason uh, uh on the fish running stuff or the the bears fishing stuff if if there aren't fish at this particular river chances are there might be just down the down the way a bit and he'll know exactly where to go so i expect it to be really really busy the spring trip man there's just so many different things it's pretty unusual to go out that early um because it is fairly early in the schedule but drew had you know everybody knows drew from the podcast drew uh, guided this same time last year he had the most fun on this trip than any other trip that he's done in the spring just because of the you know and you know conditions are going to change and years are going to change but they saw wolves they saw bears they had uh, sows with cubs they had big males they had all kinds of activity so should be a good one absolutely let's get back to the podcast so isaac going back to our first podcast that was like right after you had won the won the award how did that how did that change everything for you i mean that's kind of what kickstarted um just kind of my name getting out there in general um for i don't know what what i don't know where i'd be right now if it wasn't for that really i mean you know just having that photo of mine hanging in the smithsonian for a year like that i mean you know who knows how many millions of people came through that year um were able to to see that um and just from the interviews i did with with y'all and then uh BBC uh, News, World News interviewed me, which was crazy. Um, so it really did just kind of kickstart my name, you know, just getting my name out there in the wildlife photography community for sure, um, which was which was awesome. I mean, people still bring that up, you know, when I meet mm-hmm. people, they oh, we, we love that that three bull moose photo uh, that was hanging in the Smithsonian and, and we love your work. So, yeah, definitely, definitely help kickstart things for sure. Well, and, and I'll say this, you started something with that image, right? Because how many people do I see when I go up there to shoot moose trying to recreate that image? <laughs> oh, man. It's insane. I know I know certain people that are there just to create that photo. They won't take other photos. They're getting they're looking for that photo. So that's pretty incredible, man. Yeah, I kind of feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like looking at the moose. I'm like, damn, you know, they must feel like they're in an enclosure or something out there. I haven't, you know, I haven't gone back, uh, you know, I'll, I'll stop and photograph that spot again, but, um, it's gotten pretty, it's gotten pretty wild out there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, you know, that's just the name of the game, I suppose, you know, with, with wildlife photography and it's kind of tough because you're in this predicament, like, you know, you want to protect their, their habitat. And I never even gave locations or anything. People just, you know, people, people find out, people find out. And I, you know, I do my research and find shit too. So you can't yeah. blame, you can't blame people for it. It's such a, such an insane little spot and, and, you know, opportunities for photography. So you, you can't blame people for wanting to get, you know, that shot, but it does, you know, I do go out there and I'm like, damn, did I do this? I'm sorry. <laughs> you know. Well, I don't think you did. It's just kind of a byproduct of social media in the world we live in today. You know what I mean? It's, you know, and people do their homework and their research. And when they do, they deserve the chance to go do that. And they're out there enjoying the park now that they probably weren't. And they're doing it in a way they weren't before, potentially. And 
you know, that's, that's good for a lot of reasons, right? We just got to make sure that we're respecting the wild or the wildlife and giving them their space. You know what I mean? But, and it's good for you for a lot of reasons too. I mean, the, the number one situation like that is Mangelson with the fish jumping in the bear's mouth. I mean, everybody in the world wants to go take that shot now because of that one shot. So to, to have done something like that is pretty cool. Thanks. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. I never thought of it like that, but yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, it's, but I, I do keep that in mind even when I'm posting to TikTok because I'm like, you know, now I've got such a huge reach on here. Um, it's, you know, I don't want to be, I get so many comments like, oh, you got to start tagging where you're taking these. And, <laughs> and you know, I, end up, I end up making a lot of people mad because I always reply, oh, top seeker with like the little winky emoji, you know. And uh, yeah. Yep. yeah, so I, you know, I always do that. So I always, you know, end up making a few people mad, but you know, you just don't want to, don't want to get it even more crowded than it kind of already has gotten. Right. Crazy. No, I respect you for that. To be honest, it's, there's a lot of places that have been ruined quite honestly, because of, because of some of that, the side of social media. So yeah, I'll just leave it, leave it at that. <laughs> it is good because it's getting people outside and, you know, you're inspiring people to, to just get out in nature or, you know, or instead of just sitting around on your couch or whatever, you're inspiring people to, to get out and see the see the world for what it is. But at the same time, a lot of these people, uh, they just don't know how to act out out there. You know, they don't know the, the ethical side of things and how to keep the animals safe and how to read body language. So it's 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 tricky, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. So so just with that thought in mind, do you have like, did you foresee that image? Or did you just take advantage of the opportunity, first of all? First part of the question. And then second part of the question would be, do you have another image like that in mind that you're trying to capture? So, yeah, that first one, it just kind of fell into my lap, honestly. I was uh, I saw the one moose in that creek, and I jumped in there immediately, got neck deep. I was laying down like this in the water to get to get water level with it. And then before you know it, the two others joined them. So it wasn't something you know I thought I was going to get at all. It just kind of happened. Um, and once it happened, I was like, damn, that was pretty cool. I mean, I only got five shots from that little sequence and then they all kind of did their own thing. Um, but then after that, cause I had the, uh, I think I was shooting the, the D 500 Nikon in the 200 to 500 lens. Um, and after that, I was kind of wishing I had something wider cause, and I'm super, super glad I got that tight shot of them fighting like that. I do. I'm, I wouldn't, I don't regret that at all. But after that, I was like, man, it'd be sick to to be able to include the mountains in the background, you know, um, to get a wider shot. So a couple of years, uh, a couple of years ago, <clears throat> I came out there more prepared and brought a 70 to 200 um, and got a shot that was definitely a goal of mine with two of them standing in that creek with the with the Tetons in the background, which was which was super cool. So I've kind of kind of got got all my the shots I was wanting to get in that spot. Right, right. So no. So let me I'm sorry. Let me clarify. So I understand and I agree. I think you've you've killed that spot. Right. So in a, in a positive way, um, is there another image in your mind? Like, right. A lot of us will, th well, a lot of us try to envision, like, I want to go and photograph this animal this year and I'm really looking for a specific type of shot. Have you, do you, are you, uh, do you have something like that in mind? Or are you just kind of like, just get out there and get after it and whatever comes, comes. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely goals I have for photos for sure. My next thing is I really, really want to look for Canada lynx. That's the top of my list. I'll probably go somewhere um, middle of March when they're when they're in their breeding season and, and hopefully look for lynx. I, I want to get a shot of one in the snow so bad. I've never even seen one before. And they're just 
yeah, they're just one of the coolest looking animals, I think. So that's definitely on my list. I want to get down to or up to Alaska for sure, you know, get the brown bears, um, all that. It was definitely, definitely a goal. Uh, Arctic wolf is definitely up there. Y'all probably know of Morton Hilmer or Heimer, okay. however you pronounce his last but he, uh, his Arctic wolf adventure definitely made me want to want to do that one day as well. Well, we can hook you up with the first two probably. The Arctic wolves is a little bit more difficult, but so Isaac, I know I don't think we talked about this last time you're on, or that, that it was discussed last time you're on. But um, so a lot of people in their photography career, they end up, you know, creating some kind of a mentorship relationship. Um, did Did you ever, you know, have that kind of relationship? Do you have a mentor, or somebody you would call a mentor, or how did that How did that go for you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> uh, growing up even in Florida. Um, one of my family friends, uh, my, one of my mom's friends, he was the one who initially kind of taught me the, the F stop and the shutter speed, um, of just the photography, the technical side, Bob Desmond, he, he was a Disney photographer. Um, and then as soon as I moved here, uh, one of my best buddies, Jake, who revealed in nature on Instagram, I, I don't know if you guys know of him or, or know him, but we've had, we've had Jake on the show actually. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. I, I did listen to that episode. That's right. So he, uh, when I met him back in 2016, we met at a wolf jam. So there was, <laughs> you know, typical, typical wolf jam out here. We got a bunch of cars pulled over and I saw him photographing my little 16 year old self. You know, I'm like, Oh, cool camera, dude. You know, and I was probably <laughs> hell, you know, but um, yeah, he was like, he was like, Oh, you just move here. And, and I told him how badly I wanted to find a great gray owl. Cause I, since I was probably 10, I've, I've, I've been dreaming of photographing a great gray owl. So he was like, I can get you on a great gray owl. So he gave me his card uh, and kind of took me under his wing for a little while there. Um, and he's one of my best friends now. We're, he's, he's a brother to me. So he was uh, he was definitely a mentor for sure. And the whole like figuring out how to read an animal's body language. Because, look, I'm a Florida boy. You know, I move here. I'm the same as anybody else out here. I don't know, you know, how to read an animal's behavior, any of that. So he taught me a lot of that and kind of how to be respectful towards the wildlife just to kind of you know, so you don't disturb them and what they're doing and disturb their daily patterns and their, um, you don't want to disturb them while you're photographing them, you know? So, um, he was a big part of that for sure. Yeah. That's cool. Jake's a great guy for sure. He was fun to have on too. So yeah, he's awesome, man. Yeah. He's, he's great. He's got some cool projects he's working on. It seems like too. So good for him. Right. So as a young person, Jason kind of alluded to it a little while ago with that particular image, as far as do you have an image in mind? But I think a good way to make a living at this is to think about it in projects. So, you know, Ron and I have been talking lately about he's going to start working on a book. Do you have any aspirations to do something like that? Or do you do you look at something and say, you know what, this could be a project. While I can get one really cool image, maybe I could do a big project with this particular species. Do you think about that? I, I have been lately, actually, ever since I got this Z9, just because of the, the video capabilities of this camera. Um, I've been thinking about doing s some more projects as far as like video work, um, just series of, of wildlife and, and getting, you know, kind of moments in their lives, getting a wolf hunt or something like that. Um, you know, just to photograph a sequence for something would be would be cool or film a sequence. Um, so I've been thinking about that a little bit more since I got this camera. Um, little projects like that, but I don't really see, I haven't seen anything 
that has inspired me to do like a super lengthy project on yet. I mean, you know, I have those goal shots for sure um, that I, that I just really want to get the, the photos of, but um, yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing like that as of now. If you guys are ever in the Jackson area, you're going to see Isaac out. He's out all the time. And in fact, at one point he saved my bacon because there was a bear that, you know, it was, it was moving into a photographable area but I was parked on the other side of the road. They were sending everybody back to their vehicles. And I just yelled across the road at Isaac. I said, Hey, can I just tell her I'm with you? And he said, yep, come on. And so I went over, we're right at his vehicle. So we're, we're good as far as the Ranger was concerned, but he is out all the time. I think every time I've been over there, I've run into you and it's just, it's insane how much you get out and about. And every, time I spend is, is out there for sure. I mean, everybody, when I, when I tell them I moved here from Florida, they're like, Oh, you ski. And I'm like, I've downhill skied twice since I've lived here. Like I, I just don't really do anything else. And, um, yeah, I, I should start doing some other things, you know, meeting people, get a girlfriend one day, who knows, but <laughs> in that world, but right now I'm just, yeah, man, I'm just loving life. Just getting out and shooting as much as I can. I work here four days and then get three days to really hone in and, and do my thing. I have one more question. So have you found, have you found him yet? Oh, him. <laughs> no. Oh man. I haven't found, yes, I have found him. And for those, <laughs> the elusive Sasquatch or watch as I call him, uh, who I, who I go out and look for every day, pretty much every night with a third camera. I'm out there walking around looking for him. Um, I found him once when I had my 200 to 500 and I left my lens cap on the lens, I got a photo reached up and the lens cap was on there. So it ran <laughs> off. But I have, have seen him, but I've been, I've been on the, on the lookout to document him. So hopefully someday. It does. I mean, even with the technology that's in the Z nine, you're never going to get a photo that's sharp anyway. Yeah. I guess we'll find but out. It's always going to be blurry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the squatch tracker. That's going to be a, that's yeah. going to be a firmware update. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the firmware 1.2 Sasquatch eye tracking. <laughs> Isaac, as busy as you are, we greatly appreciate you coming on again. And, uh, you know, we covered some ground that's we didn't get into as many stories as I would have liked. Uh, but we covered some ground that I know people are curious about with the TikTok and, and of course, the Z9. I don't, I don't know anybody else that's got it in their hands right now. Uh, you know, other than the Nikon professional crew. Um, so it was good to visit with you about that body and, and good to know that it is, you know, right up there with the R5. If if not, maybe have a little bit of advantage in some areas. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me on for real. This, is, this has been a pleasure. And yeah, as far as this Nikon, I mean, you know, for Nikon shooters out there, I mean, this, this is definitely the camera that caught up um, to be able to stick with with Nikon, if you really, if you really want to, you know, if you're a big Nikon person, it's definitely, it's definitely on par. Well, it's about time. That's all I'm going to say. Hey man. Hey man. How many Christmas dude? I waited for so long. You've been listening to the wild and exposed podcast. If you haven't yet, please give us a rating and a review and make sure you're subscribed so that you'll get every episode we produce as soon as we drop it. And as always, thanks for tuning in. We're gonna make it someday Nothing's gonna get in our way We will be the biggest
spending time. 